Hey, friend, thanks for tuning in to Cross Defense. Today on the show, we're asking, where are all the Christian pastors with their words of truth as all these civil authorities are passing things like anti-hate resolutions that are promoting LGBTQ sins and other sins and thereby opposing God? We're going to ask this question. We're going to take a look at that. We're also going to look at St. Polycarp and how he spoke the truth, even though it cost him his life in 155 AD. All of that and more is coming up right now on Cross Defense. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and uh, all supervisors for the time to address the board on this topic. Uh, my name is Reverend Tyrell Bramwell. I'm the pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church down here in Ferndale. I'd like you to consider the reality that the county literally has staff members who just spoke that are paid to promote DEI tenets, which are in direct opposition to biblical teaching that as a Christian pastor, I'm called and ordained by God to address as contrary to scripture. I have a duty to speak to these issues in my vocation out of love for my neighbors, all of them. The county's action is stirring up hate. My Lord has prepared me to be hated by civil authorities and he's now preparing our church members as well through this, this whole uh, episode. But you encourage the disdain and uh, pe people in our county to disdain the church. You're driving a wedge between people. I know you're not intending to do that, but that is what's happening. My specific comment this morning is for Supervisor Bone as our district supervisor uh, Ferndale looks to you for leadership, sir. Please be aware that your motions and your vote 30 seconds. have consequences for city leaders in Ferndale and for the Christians in Ferndale who are being hated by LGBTQ activists and using your actions as precedent for their actions, uh, uh, affirmation for their actions. When you acquiesce the inference that a church in Ferndale is engaging in hate, you are giving credence to that lie. Uh, thank you all for your time. I appreciate it. Those were my words to my County Board of Supervisors on May 2nd, 2023. We'll talk more about why I made my comment and how that relates to the church everywhere in just a moment. But first, welcome to Cross Defense. If you don't know, on this show, we aim to equip the mind, excite the imagination, and comfort the soul all with God's word. I'm your host, Reverend Tyrell Bramwell, the pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church out here in Ferndale, California, in Humboldt County, a bold battalion of believers bound to the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the waters of holy baptism, a squadron of the Savior's soldiers sustained in the sacrament of the altar, a regiment of repentant sinners rescued by our Redeemer, whose word, his Holy Spirit, implanted in our hearts and nurtures week in and week out in the divine service and in our daily lives. That's who I am, my friends, the good shepherd's feeble, fickle, and fallible under-shepherd of this most precious and faithful flock of God-fearing, Christ-following fellow sheep. It is a privilege. If during the show you're struck by something you'd like to comment on, a question perhaps that you'd like to ask, or a bit of biblical brilliance that you have that you'd like to share with us, you can do so by emailing us at stmarksferndale.com slash contact. That's S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com slash contact contact. We'd love to hear from you. That's how you can do it. So uh, yeah, you just heard my words to the Humboldt County, California Board of Supervisors who reaffirmed their commitment to despise God's word in the form of an anti-hate resolution that supports LGBTQ sin. 
I attended their meeting because a leftist troll, uh, he, he went to this petition that was launched by some conservatives to end drag shows for children in Humboldt County, and he pretended to be a conservative when he signed the petition, and he left a little comment with his signature writing all kinds of horrible, atrocious things, despicable things, as if that's what conservatives believe about the left and drag queens and things. It it didn't matter that it was a pro-LGBTQ person lying. The authorities thought they needed to restate what they had just resolved to say in February, that our county officially stands in opposition to God and what he has said about sin, giving him the proverbial bird, saying, we know better than you, God. We are really highfalutin politicians out here in Humboldt County, a board of supervisors for the county. But yes, we know better than you, the almighty God of the entire universe. (laughs) Oh, dear saints, we have to speak up. Our neighbors are being hurt in their bodies, spiritually, but in their bodies. Are we keeping the fifth commandment? I would say not well, not well at all. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Proverbs 31, 8-9. And yes, all of you haters out there listening to my words, it does say to judge righteously. Judge. That is how we are to read Scripture. It doesn't say, judge not lest you be judged, period. I mean, that is a sentence in the Bible, but the context of that is that you judge with humility, that you be discerning as a sinner yourself, willing to help other sinners take specks out of their eye only after you have taken the plank out of your own. We see all throughout Scripture, God's people being encouraged, being called to judge righteously. Not from places of arrogance and pride, hubris, not like the board of county supervisors did, not like different city councils and state governments and our federal government are trying to do, not like these people who think they know better than God, but as humble sinners redeemed by Christ crucified, taking the plank of our awful sins out of our eye in order to help our brother remove the speck from his own and loving service to our neighbor. My friends, with the goal of exciting your imaginations today, let me ask you, can you imagine living in a world where Christ's people never spoke up, never spoke against the civil authorities all throughout history? When the civil authorities issue their sinful decrees, The church was silent. Can you imagine living in a world where Christians never open their mouths to speak the truth and confess their trust in Jesus Christ as Lord over and against trusting the human magistrates of greater or lesser stature, excuse me, but remained silent due to the popular opinion that opposes Jesus in their day? You don't have to imagine it, do you? For the most part, that is the world we are currently living in. Thanks be to God, it's not the world that the world has always known. (laughs) We have lived in a different time. There has been a, a time and a day when the church 
did speak up against sinful decrees from kings and emperors, governors, and even county supervisors. Where are the Christians? Where are the Christian clergy, especially today? Why don't we hear their voices condemning the sinful behavior of civil servants? Why aren't we hearing pastors speaking against the sins of rulers and authorities, jamming up the public comment lines to where no layman can even get in there because there's so many pastors, clergy of Christ, ready to defend the weak, the destitute, the mute, publicly addressing public figures over public sins in a public, as public a way as possible for the benefit of the public. Is there something unbiblical that I don't know about regarding speaking against civil authorities? Is there something in the Bible keeping us from doing this? Why are no others doing this? No, there's not something unbiblical about this at all. What's non-biblical is our silence in the face of this. Our muted inaction in the face of evil carried out by people whom we know to be servants of God. The left-hand kingdom's ministers. The kingdom of the world, the the kingdom of the, the state. The ministers of the civil realm. We know, Christians know, our governors, our county board of supervisors, our mayors and city councils, our, our president and Congress and Senate and all this stuff, we know where their authority is derived from. They may not know, but we know it comes from God. What's not biblical are Christians who are unwilling to suffer for the gospel. That's not biblical. Unwilling to be hated by their neighbors because they are unwilling to walk in time with the sins of their contemporaries. Christians who retain the Lord's name, who claim to be his servants, but who do nothing in service as servants to Christ. Nothing to serve their neighbors in the name of Jesus. Christians who spend their entire lives pursuing their own glory in the form of material possessions, praise among peers, good reputations, whatever creature comfort society says they should have, Pursuing it, protecting it, sustaining it, holding on to it as if they can take it with them when they die. The Western Christian layman is certainly guilty of this, to be sure. But to our greater shame, so is the Western Christian minister. We're living out Ezekiel 34, 1-6, aren't we? The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, the pastors. Thus says the Lord God. Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. See all the things we do to the sheep? We actually are living off of them. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. 
The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and with harshness, you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek them out. Mm. That is a convicting message when we reflect on how we're living today, pastors, myself included. Praise be to God for Jesus, right? Praise be to God for the good shepherd, our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, because none of the rest of us shepherds are any good. None of us act as we ought. Only he sought his sheep. Only he feeds his sheep. And with his very own body and blood does he feed us. Only he strengthens the weak, heals the sick, binds up the injured. Only he brings back the strayed and seeks out the lost. Only he does that. He did and he does all of that by dying on the cross and sending his Holy Spirit to declare his crucifixion for the forgiveness of sins that none would perish, but all would live. We under shepherds, us pastor types in today's church in the West, oh, we're the thrice over deniers of Christ in silence and inaction, aren't we? We're the three-peat champions of self-love who fail to serve God's people. We need to look ourselves in the mirror and read John 21, seeing ourselves as the sinful Peter in need of repentance. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him this third time, do you love me? And so he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. So Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Verses 15 to 17, we pastors, ooh, we need to look in the mirror and do a gut check. We need to cut through all of our personal theological excuses and pray for repentance and pray for courage to faithfully love the Lord. And layman, you can join us. You can certainly join us. Don't know where to begin? Well, I started with a simple prayer asking for the Lord to slay my reputation, to slay my reputation, to cut it to pieces while glorifying his. I asked him to cut me off at the knees, 
because during my first three years as pastor here in Ferndale, I, I had succumbed to the temptation to believe that it was my reputation as pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church that would enable me to reach people for Christ. Oh, the vanity. <laughs> oh, the vanity. I rubbed elbows with members of the Chamber of Commerce and told myself to meet them where they were at, being ever so careful not to offend them, lest I run the risk of driving them away from the Lord. Yes, driving them away from the Lord. They already were rejecting that they were as far from as possible. The Lord they hated and despised in their support of Humboldt's, Humboldt's pot culture, Humboldt's abortion culture, LGBTQ culture, CRT culture, feminist culture, illegal immigration culture, etc., 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 holding all these leftist positions. It requires, my friends, it requires going against God's word, despising God's word. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it, for a minister? A minister of Christ, a servant of the Lord, to just slowly, I, I, I mean patiently, that's the word our in-house critics prefer we use, to, for a minister of the Lord to patiently be in people's lives without calling them to repentance, doesn't it? Without speaking the law where the law needs to be spoken. But this is the wisdom we're working with more often than not, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's even the wisdom we teach to our congregations. Be winsome, and you may win some. And look for an opportunity. It's okay, just look for an opportunity. Don't speak too firmly, or you might lose your audience for the gospel. Careful now. Oh, oh, oh. Not too fast. Be careful. You know, actually, on second thought, why don't you just, why don't you just live a Christian life? Just, just live as a Christian, and, and let your actions be your witness, right? Live out your Christian walk. Let your actions speak for who you are. Never mind that this is a contradiction in terms because speaking is an action and it is the primary action the Christian is supposed to use in service to his neighbor to give his neighbor God's word. Chickens crow, roosters crow, right? Chickens cluck, dogs bark, cows moo, pigs oink. <laughs> Christians speak. In general, if you are a Christian, you have been called to confess before the world faith in Christ Jesus. A Christian life lived without the vulnerable public condemnation of sin and also vulnerable confession of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that, that is a poorly lived Christian life. That is an anemic life, an amputated Christian life. Dude, who cut out your tongue? Where'd it go? You know, you'd think, you'd think we were all disciples of Tyler Joseph from 21 Pilots rather than Christ Jesus. All my friends are heathens, take it slow. Slow? What do we think we have tomorrow? Did someone promise you tomorrow? Is it a guarantee? Do you not think the Lord's return is imminent? Slow? Is it biblical to play Russian roulette with our neighbor's eternal salvation? Slow? Patient? That's not what, when scripture tells us to be patient, that is not what it's talking about. It's talking about long-suffering in the midst of persecution and hateful action toward us. That we bear our witness faithfully as we speak up about Christ. 
Who has time to wait for them to ask you who you know? That is the world's wisdom. And with that, let's take a break. We'll be right back. I can't promise that I'll be any calmer, but we will be right back for more of this important message about why we need to speak up and proclaim the gospel and declare the law to our neighbors. Not in that order, but always. Okay, we'll be right back. You're listening to Cross Defense. Thanks, guys. I'm glad you're here with me. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Put this wisdom of God into practice by listening to Sharper Iron on KFUO. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple, and faithful pastors from around the world help sharpen my faith in Christ every episode. I know you'll be blessed by listening and studying God's Word with us. Listen to Sharper Iron weekdays at 8 a.m. on KFUO and on demand at KFUO.org, the KFUO radio app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You know how scripture says that as much as it depends on you, you are to live peaceably with all. That doesn't mean that you're not supposed to speak God's truth into a world full of lies. Even though you're pretty sure that when the truth enters the scene, it's going to cause a lot of unrest and a lot of division. Jesus did say, you think I come to bring peace, but I come to bring a sword. Why is that? Because truth cuts when everyone else is following lies. Does that mean you're not living peaceably with all? No, it means you're living as peaceably as you can, speaking the truth. And a bunch of people who are sold on lies think it's awful and think you're a meanie head, and so there is no peace. But that doesn't mean you get to hold your tongue. That doesn't mean we get to not speak the truth. That's not what that passage means. But that is what I thought it was supposed to, I was supposed to do. That is how I was twisting it in my own mind, even though intellectually I knew better. And so what did I do? I wrote kids' books. And I did travel vlogs in service to Ferndale. And it did indeed serve Ferndale temp- temporarily. Yep, earthly-wise. I, I hosted little parties at my house with all these people here in town whom I thought might warm up to Jesus once they had warmed up to Ty. And all the while, I twisted Paul's words to make me feel like I was being evangelistic. And all the while, can I say that twice in a row? And all the while, more and more rainbow flags were popping up in town. More and more newspaper articles were being published in support of Planned Parenthood and, and women's marches and all this sort of thing. These, these, these marches, these feminist marches where mothers and daughters are actually actively encouraged to hate their families, their husbands, their fathers and their own blessed God-given vocations, and on and on and on. That's what was going on while I was taking it slow with 21 pilots. But God is so awesome, isn't he? God is awesome because despite my tomfoolery, despite my man wisdom, my man-made traditions, my, my views that Ty knew how to get things done, God did rescue one, one, of these dear people. During my three years of thinking, I could do evangelism man's way, Ty's way, God rescued one person despite all my idiocy. And when I returned from my short-lived tenure as a recruiter at the seminary, I was a humbled man. 
a lot of stuff happened wherein God put my head on straight, clarified things for me. And so, yeah, I started, when I got back here, I started by praying for humility, praying for God to glorify his name and not to glorify mine. I prayed that God would trash my reputation. I said, God, please ruin my reputation and do not let those who hate you, who cares about me, but who hate you in Humboldt County mock you. Don't let them mock you anymore, Lord. Glorify your name in Ferndale and throughout the world. Rescue Ferndalers and all the people of Humboldt County from the evil that has been having a heyday for generations in this part of the world. The Lutheran church in Eureka had closed and the remaining members retreated to Fortuna, a little bit south of Eureka. And then the Lutheran church of Fortuna closed and the remaining eight or nine members of that church retreated to Ferndale where there was a band of a few people here. That's it. God's haters had been having a heyday. The demons, the powers, the principalities, the spiritual forces of darkness had been having a heyday in Humboldt County as all the marijuana culture was growing up around us, as all the, the heathenistic, hedonistic evil was taking root. So I prayed, show them you are God. And he did. <laughs> and he did. He cut me down and has been building up his church ever since. The minute I began to actually be evangelistic, praying daily for St. Mark, all the members and our community and the people we interact with, with a repentant heart, pleading God to do the action, trusting him to do the, the work the true work of evangelism, well, it began to happen in earnest. It's a funny thing, isn't it? When we are simple servants, doing what our master has told us to do, <laughs> not overthinking it, not strategizing and scheming with all of our, our fancy academic theologizing, well, when we are obedient to our master, stuff starts to actually happen as he promised. <laughs> oh, what is required of a steward of God, but to be faithful. The pastoral care companion has a much more articulate prayer to get you started down this road, pastors and those laymen who would like to join us. And I, I now pray this prayer regularly. It's part of my prayer routine. And I would recommend that all of my pastoral brothers do so as well. And again, yes, layman, please certainly join us. Let us pray. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities. Especially do I acknowledge my neglect of prayer, my indifference to your word, and my seeking after worldly luxury and self-promotion. I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, forgive me all my sins 
and be gracious and merciful to me. Cleanse me through your spirit by the blood of Jesus Christ and give me more and more power and willingness to strive after holiness. For you have called me to be holy and blameless before you in love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. See, I'm not sharing what I've been through or what we're going through out here in Humboldt County at St. Mark Lutheran Church to boast or in any way to declare anything of myself, but simply, simply to encourage you, the faithful, to be faithful. If there's anything in me worth imitating, it's Christ and him alone. He is the one we imitate. Follow after Christ, dear Christian. Let us suffer with Christ, dear Christian. Let us die with Christ, dear Christian. I don't know of other examples to bring to the forefront to help equip your minds and excite your imaginations on how you can be comforted in the gospel as you suffer with your repentant, humble spirit that's prayerfully prepared to suffer out of love for neighbor. And so I bring up my own examples that I've lived through to the glory of our Lord and our God. But I know that we are an unfaithful generation, as you know. I know this because we stand by silently while our civic authorities continue to slaughter children with their abortion policies funded by our tax dollars. We stand by silently as the children who escape those needles, tongs, and vacuums of death are then raised up by parents to ha that have their, their sexual organs surgically removed or rendered inoperative through chemical castration. And those parents who do well and don't raise their children in this way, well, those kids are still susceptible when they go off to college and they're corrupted by these academicians and all of these higher learning, this Marxist thought that is just seeping into our families and destroying everything. And we sit by idly saying nothing. Encouraged by our emperor, so to speak, our governors, presidents, senators, judges, mayors, councilmen, our school boards and county supervisors, with the armed support of the law enforcement agencies at all, our children, our minor and adult children are being cut apart, stunted, butchered, and destroyed physically to be sure, but also emotionally and most tragically spiritually. And we stand by silently doing absolutely nothing afraid to say even a single sentence, a single word that could even potentially cause us to suffer the slightest emotional discomfort. And thanks to our theological academicians out there, we've become naturals at performing theological gymnastics to justify our spiritual sloth. People are dying and we hold our ever-precious tongues, using them only to gossip and slander our neighbors. Loved ones and strangers alike are being told all manner of lies by supposed Christian politicians at the local and federal level and in every government office in between, and we only open our mouths to fill our stomachs 
We only let words of insignificance cross our lips. Those are the only ones permissible today. Why? Because of self-preservation. Cowardly self-love. That's why. Shooting you straight. Meanwhile, the non-binary trans demon is deep in the church, spitting in Christ's face as it takes even pastor's kids, yes, pastor's kids, hostage by the web of satanic lies spun from the truth of Galatians 3.28, uk ene arsen kai thelu. There is neither male nor female in Christ. But the demon leaves that part out as he waves his transgender flag in front of our faces. Yes, we know it's in-house. The devil is laughing at our silence while Christian homes are being rent asunder because we are afraid to speak up against the civil authorities and the woke mob driving them to make these horrendous, sinful decrees. Mullick, Mullick is feeding on our children. Why? Because the men called to action, the men called to action, haven't defiled Tobith so that no one might burn his son or his daughter as an offering to Moloch. Go take a look at 2 Kings 23, especially there, verse, verse 10 is what I just quoted or referenced. And you're thinking, Whoa, what's, what's that now, pastor? What, what do you mean? I mean, pastors, fathers, and husbands. Guys, we need to speak for our people. Mothers, wives, and all our children too, you guys can speak as well, but it starts with the protectors. It starts with us. It starts with Adam serving Eve. And we all know how that didn't go, don't we? It starts with Christ serving the church. Us, who stand in his stead. We're not even being asked to die for our people. We're just being commissioned to speak for them. But we need to speak and thereby protect our vulnerable neighbors from the re-cloaked demon called Moloch that God's people sent running in 2 Kings 23. And we're not doing that. Not to the degree that we ought to be. Yes, it's, it's time for that kind of 2 Kings 23 reform in the Western church. It's way past time. Indeed, we are living in the end times, as we have been since the time of the apostles. But there's a difference. There's a difference between the previous centuries of these last days and, and today. Our forefathers confessed Christ before authorities and mobs. They weren't afraid to die for Jesus. And so they were able to dispel the paganism and minimize the scoffers in the process. They held them at bay. Us, on the other hand, we, we're afraid. We're afraid to suffer ourselves. We're not afraid of other Christians suffering, but we're afraid to suffer ourselves. And so our neighbors suffer while Christianity has been cast aside. That's the only difference between then and now. 
So ask yourself, dear Cross Defense listener, are we a speaking church or a silent one? Are we speaking to the the zeitgeist of the day? Are, Are we speaking to the spirit of our day? The evil, demonic spirit? Are we waging war against the powers and principalities and the spiritual forces of darkness that are taking captive our children, our friends, our family, our neighbors, and who are laying down the barbed wire entrenching themselves on the battlefield for not only today, but for generations to come. We are in the midst of a generational battle. Are we speaking well enough to be defending and serving the neighbors of ours that are yet to come? Our posterity? Are we thinking about our grandchildren? Should the Lord delay? Yeah, speak now. And if he does decide to delay... There will actually be something for tomorrow. You can tell I'm fired up. That's because this is life and death stuff. This is the issues we end up taking on here at Cross Defense. It's the issues that I'm wrestling with constantly with my congregation here. Not my congregation, the Lord's congregation I serve. Excuse the slip. It is the issues that we're dealing with. But not only out here in California. Don't, Don't go down that road. I know brother pastors whose children have been swallowed up by the trans demon in the Midwest, the heartland where we think it's still a Christian culture. Far from it because Christians don't speak up. Ephesians 4, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, For we are members one of another. Verses 17 to 25. We'll leave it right there as we take our next break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Cross Defense. Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Phil Boo, host of Thy Strong Word. Each weekday morning at 11 a.m., join me and a guest pastor as we explore God's Word, which strengthens our faith and guides our lives. You can listen over the air, online at kfuo.org, or through your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Thy Strong Word, only from KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. And that reading from Ephesians 4 is our turning point. We are repentant of our inaction. 
We once were like that. We once were silent. We once were caught up in all of this stuff going on in the world. We were once walking with as corrupt, deceitful people. But now we are renewed in the spirit of our minds. Yeah? Yeah. Now we have the new self created after the likeness of God and the true righteousness of holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, we've dealt with that in the first two segments. We've dealt with it now. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Speak the truth, dear saints. Speak it well. You are equipped to do so. Your minds are ready to be of service to the Lord. Dear Christian, this is the point of it all. We now live, we can't dispute this, we now live in a time where our civil authorities are resolving to lie. And we are being expected to go along with their lies. The whole non-binary trans pronoun issue, it all boils down to, will we as Christians speak the truth with our neighbor or will we lie? And we, we have put away falsehood. So let each one of us speak the truth with our neighbor, for we are members one of another. When I think about how all the, the lies of the postmodern Western world, how they work and how they've, how they've taken hold of our society, I'm convicted of my sin. And so I hope you're convicted of yours too, because we are all in this together. We are all guilty of this inaction. When we go along with the emperors and with their mobs, that are pursuing this, that are demanding action. We're participating in the mob's lies. It's the, the obverse of what we read in the martyrdom of Polycarp. I'm going to read some of that today for you. Are you familiar with this inspirational document? It's the oldest of its kind, and it's awesome. In 155, 155 AD, the Christians were being persecuted by the state because they would not lie and say that Caesar was Lord. That's what they were being demanded to do. And they understood that the words that they were being told to speak, these words have meaning and they would, it would make them liars. They understood that when they communicate with words, they're communicating the character of a man. They're revealing who they are, whether they have integrity or not. And they're communicating the character of a man's flock. If he's a pastor, if he's a leader, if he's a teacher of others, people who are following him, who are imitating him to imitate Christ. They understood that words have meaning towards these things and they influence other people. I don't know if our authorities understand that. Even, even our civil authorities, their influence has sway, obviously, over other people. People look to them to lead, and they get inspired by what they're doing. And so when they affirm LGBTQ sin, they are encouraging people to sin. Our ancestors were truth speakers, dear saints, and they died for the truth. They died for it. So let's be inspired. Let's be comforted. Let's be excited. Let's be uh, equipped. Those are the, the three words we use, right? Our minds, our imaginations, and our souls by taking a look at what happened to Polycarp. The armed authorities, including the sheriff by the name of Herod, different guy from the Bible, but uh, the actual document actually makes point to say there is a similarity there on purpose. And, and his father, Nicetes, or Nicetes, arrested Polycarp. They tried to persuade this teacher this leader of the church to go along with the popular lie, saying to him, 
Now, what harm is there in saying, Lord Caesar, and in offering incense and so on, and thus saving yourself? This is what they said. And at first, Polycarp didn't reply. He, he just didn't say anything, but they persisted. And so he finally said, I do not intend to do what you advise. Then, failing to persuade him, the authorities began to use threatening words. And they led him to the stadium where Christians were being sacrificed by being fed to lions and, and things like this. So now, let me read to you from the martyrdom of Polycarp at length here as we wrap up the show today. Now, as he was entering the stadium, there came to Polycarp a voice from heaven, be strong, Polycarp, and play the man. And no one saw the speaker, but the voice was heard by those of our people, Christians, who were there. Thereupon he was led forth, and great was the uproar of them that heard that Polycarp had been seized. The mob was excited. Accordingly, he was led before the proconsul, who asked him if he were the man himself. And when he confessed, the proconsul tried to persuade him, saying, Have respect to your age, and so forth, according to their customary form. Swear by the genius of Caesar. Repent. Say, Away with the atheists. And the atheists, they, by that, they meant the Christians who didn't believe in the Roman gods. And then Polycarp looked with a severe countenance on the mob the lawless mob of heathens in the stadium, and he waved his hand at them. And looking up to heaven, he groaned and he said, away with the atheists. <laughs> he basically points at the mob and he says, away with them, the atheists, because they didn't believe in the one true God. But the proconsul urged him and said, swear and I will release you. Curse the Christ. And Polycarp said, 80 and six years, 86 years have I served him, and he hasn't done me any wrong. That's my way of saying it. How then can I blaspheme the king, my king who saved me? But the proconsul again persisted and said, swear by the genius of Caesar. And he answered, if thou dost vainly imagine that I would swear by the genius of Caesar, as thou sayest, pretending not to know what I am, a Christian pastor, hear plainly that I am a Christian. And if thou art willing to learn the doctrine of Christianity, grant me a day and listen to me. <laughs> so here he is. He's like, let me teach you, guy. If you just give me some time, let me teach you. I'll teach you what I am. And, and, and I'm confident that you'll, you'll hear it, receive it well. <laughs> then the proconsul said, persuade the people. And Polycarp replied, you had I deemed worthy of discourse, for we, Christians, are taught to render to authorities and the powers ordained of God honor as it is fitting. But I deem not this mob worthy that I should defend myself before them. So we're called to honor the authorities, but we're not called, called to honor the woke mob and all of their lies. And they're convincing the authorities to hate us and to put decrees in place that hate us. But we're not called to even pay any respect, any discourse toward them and to defend ourselves according to, you know, before the mob. No, not at all. Thank you, Polycarp, for that great witness. Then said the proconsul, I have wild beasts. If thou repent not, I will throw the, thee to them. But he said, send for them. For repentance from better to worse is not a change permitted to us. <laughs> We're not going to go from a better place to a worse place. Uh, but to change from cruelty to righteousness is a noble thing. Mm. 
Then said the proconsul again, If you have despised the wild beasts, I will make thee to be consumed by fire. If thou repent not, <laughs> Polycarp answered, Thou threatenest the fire that burns for an hour, and in a little while is quenched. For thou knowest not the fire of the judgment to come, and the fire of the eternal punishment reserved for the ungodly. But why delayest thou? Why do you delay? Bring what you will. Do your deed already. Come on, why are you delaying? As he spake these words and many more, he was filled with courage and joy, and his countenance was full of grace, so that not only did it fall not in dismay at what was being said to him, but on the contrary, the proconsul was astonished and sent his herald to proclaim thrice in the midst of the stadium, Polycarp has confessed himself to be a Christian. When this was proclaimed by the herald, the whole multitude of Gentiles and Jews who dwelt in Smyrna cried out with ungovernable rage and in a loud voice, this is the teacher of Asia, the father of the Christians, the destroyer of our gods that teacheth many not to sacrifice nor worship. They kept shouting this, asking Philip, the Asiarch, to loose a lion at Polycarp. But he said that it was not lawful for him since he had finished the sports already. And then they decided to shout with one accord that he should be burned alive. And now things happened with such speed. In less time than it takes to tell, for the mob straightway brought together timber and faggots from the workshops and baths, the Jews giving themselves zealously to the work as they were like to do. They were about to nail him to the stake when Polycarp said, let me be as I am. He that granteth me to endure the fire will also grant me to remain at the pyre unmoved without being secured with nails. When he had ended his prayer, the fireman lighted the fire, and a great flame flashed forth, and we to whom it was given to see beheld a marvel. The fire took the shape of a vault like a ship's sail, bellowing, bellying in the wind, and it made a wall around the martyr's body. And there was the body in the midst, like a loaf being baked, or like gold and silver being tried in the furnace. So at length the lawless one, seeing that his body could not be consumed by fire, bade an executioner approach him to drive in a dagger. And when he had done this, there came out a dove and an abundance of blood, so that it quenched the fire. And all the multitude marveled at the great difference between the unbelievers and the elect. Yes, there is a great difference. You ever hear people lament about how bad things are getting with our culture? Often among the wayward sectarians among us in America, we hear people say we must be entering the last days that Jesus told us about because things are getting so bad. We must be nearing the last days. The truth is we've already been in the last days. Since the Lord ascended and the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles, we've been in the last days. Things have been much worse than the American church is experiencing right now. But guess what? The Christians of yesteryear were courageous like Polycarp and spoke the truth against the lies, even simple lies. Like just say, Lord, Caesar is Lord. Come on, just do it. Just say a boy is a girl. Come on, just say it. That a man can become a woman. Go ahead. Mm -mm. They died for truth. And guess what happened? 
Their neighbors came to live in a last days culture where the church was not persecuted as much as, as it is today, and our children and neighbors were not being sacrificed to demons on a national scale. <laughs> oh. oh, dear saints, this is all we need to do, speak the truth. And uh, unfortunately, we're out of time to do so more here at Cross Defense. So I'm going to leave you with a comment I made to the Ferndale City Council. We're going to wrap this little narrative of the last hour up. We started with my words to the, to the county supervisors. Let's end with my words to the city council. Mr. Mayor, members of the council, thank you for your time. I'm Reverend Tyrell Bramwell of St. Mark Evangelical Lutheran Church at 795 Birding Street. And uh, we heard word there might be uh, a push to get city action against the activities of our church in this city and specifically against the use of our sign according to the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. So I prepared a statement to that effect in that regard for your consideration. St. Mark is a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. As St. Mark's pastor, I not only feed the flock, but I also protect it from bears. I'm not a dairyman, but I am a shepherd, and I will continue to take care of the livestock the Lord has put into my care. We've been part of this city since its incorporation, and we plan to remain as long as Ferndale endures, Lord willing. We have a vested interest in both the temporal and eternal well-beings of Ferndale's current and future residents. They are family, they are friends, they are co-workers, colleagues, classmates, they are strangers. In a word, they are neighbors, and we love them. <coughs> St. Mark Lutheran Church's confession of faith hasn't changed in these past 130 years. What has changed is the world around us. It certainly seems to be filled with fewer sheep and more bears. Our words of love are now called hateful. Regardless, we've been called to speak the truth in love and to remain faithful even when popular opinion turns against us. And speaking truth involves warning of danger. When we sin against our neighbors, we repent and we seek their forgiveness. When our neighbors sin against us, we absolve them in the name of Jesus, quickly, if we can. We respect the laws of the land we live in, including local ordinances, state codes, and federal acts, and submit to them as far as they do not compel us to sin against God or prohibit the free proclamation of the gospel. With respect to forgiveness in love and obedience to the law, you will not come across a more desirable group of citizens in this city. Contrasted with this truth is the reality that the LGBTQ advocates, agitators, allies, and activists continue to break the law in an effort to intimidate our congregation, our neighbors, and silence me as the pastor. To this aim, Ferndale Ordinances 04-01, Article 5.13.3a, 06-04, Article 7.04.2c, and 05-06, Article 7.01, as well as California Civil Codes 44, 52.1, 632, and Penal Codes 422 and 3344a have been broken by our opponents. No penalties have been carried out for those violations, and because of the love of Christ within us, no damages have been sought. I also might add that two of the local ordinance, ordinance violations were actually encouraged and supported by the then sitting city councilman, Stephen Avis, while these infringements were being carried out in the presence of our local police officers at the protest in June of 2021. These LGBTQ actors have established a pattern of disregard for law and order that ranges from sanitation violations to death threats for me and my family and have included real property damage, continual harassment, and even the loss of income to local business owners because they are members of St. Mark's and are therefore hated for it. The perpetrators are assisted by the local news and old-fashioned gossip amplified by social media. 
They've managed to paint us as the transgressors over the course of a year and a half and the cause of the unrest that they are unleashing on this city. Because our love runs deep, we haven't pressed charges or filed suits, nor do we plan to. We're not victims, but we are rather conquerors in Christ. Patience in the, persecution, in the midst of persecution has defined our people for thousands of years. Even now, activists are organizing a protest to take place at our church this Sunday. May they hear God's law and gospel. We welcome them. Amen. We've been inviting them to come. We will set out more chairs and pour more coffee that they would be accommodated. Should they violate Section 248 of USC 18 and take their lawbreaking to a federal level by intimidating even a single member of St. Mark's Lutheran Church from exercising his or her religious freedom, we are prepared to take appropriate legal action. And likewise, if they intimidate you to try to prohibit our God-given freedom of speech, we are prepared to follow St. Paul's example and make full use of our rights as citizens and appeal to even the highest levels of law for the sake of the gospel. Thank you. We love this community and we love your service to it. May God bless you. All right, my friends, God's peace be with you. I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, go with Christ. Speak his word. Live as he has given you to live. And know that when you fail to do so, you need only repent and trust in Christ. Amen. Cross Defense is a production of KFUO Radio. Find past episodes and support Cross Defense at kfuo.org.